0: with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah, let's make a shout amen, amen, amen. once again at your feet. We commend ourselves to you that you shall come and instruct us. Come and teach us. Come and bring us into the mysteries of your word. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Can we come close? There's a lot of empty seats. Let's come closer to the front. Amen. We thank God For the season of withdrawal. And as was announced. The fast is over. But the period of prayer. Meditation. And reading should continue. Amen. I don't know why MS Eugene is laughing. But. (laughs) Um, We have to. The period of withdrawal. Was intended to. Um, train our spiritual senses to start a lifestyle which should not end with the end of the fast. Hallelujah. So I urge everybody to continue to be spiritually alert. And it's a little bit like exercise. If you start an exercise regime and you stop, um, sometimes it's hard to go back to it. So, <laughs> so, starting it is hard, but when you do it for a while, you get accustomed to it. Yes. Is that not so? Yes. And whilst you are accustomed to it, the best thing is to continue. Because if you relapse and after a long time, when you go back, you are going to start feeling the same pains again. And so, my advice is that we should all have a fasting lifestyle. A fasting lifestyle is not always 100% abstinence from food. Sometimes even reducing the usual sizes. Hallelujah. And then you have to have some days in the week that you actually fast. A complete fast. So you can say maybe every Tuesday or every Friday. Or sometimes twice. Twice a, a week. And the purpose is that you are denying the flesh. In order that your spirit man will become alive. Because you, you are... You are spirit, soul, and body. But just like when you have more than one child, sometimes among your children, there are some that tend to be much more demanding. Do you get it? And they are always asking for things. They are always asking for. There are some who, if you don't buy something for them, they are okay. But there are others who are always making demands. And one day, you have to collect them before you and say, Listen, you are not my only child. You are not the only one I'm responsible for. Do you get it? Yes. That is what we tell our body during the fasting season. That you are not the only one I'm taking care of. I have to take care. I've been taking care of you, my body, all, all these years. I've been taking care of my mind. But now, the silent one who doesn't usually make demands. Because among the children, there's always one like that. who They don't make demands. You need to have the foresight and say that as a parent they will not lose out because they are not so vocal. And our our spirit man has been silenced for a long time. And during the period of fasting and uh, prayer, period of withdrawal, that is what happens, that we now turn our attention to the spirit man. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we are going to continue in the series that we were doing, Victory Secrets. And the whole idea is that the book of Revelation, from where a lot of the foundation scriptures are coming from, is revealing to us a dimension of reality that is not so obvious hallelujah Amen. a dimension of reality that is not so because apostle john who received the apocalypse or the revelation he was the closest to jesus among the disciples is that not so and it is said that when it was the last supper he was leaning his head at, on Jesus' chest and in fact Peter asked him. Jesus seems to be talking round and round. He's not telling us who is going to betray him. Ask him. Because Peter knew that if John asked him, he would say, hallelujah. But the shocking thing is that in Revelation chapter 1, when Jesus was revealed to John, the glorified ascended and enthroned Jesus, when he came, the outflow of the glory of God coming from him was so immense that John could not handle it. The Bible said he said that I fell down as one dead. Amen. Yes. So, right from the beginning, you are getting a dimension of reality that exists, but you don't know. And the, the Lord told John. He said that what you see write in a book. Then he said, What you are going to write is what the things that are, the things that were, the things that are, and the things that are to come. And so from there we get the impression that the a lot of the things which we read from the book of Revelation, which we have been postponing to the future, we always think of it as something happening, going to happen in the future. So we don't see the benefit of it for our lives today. But Bishop is explaining and revealing to us that many of the things actually can apply to our lives today. Amen. And so we talked about victory secrets and what we need to learn about victory secrets. We read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at that scripture again. First Corinthians chapter 2, and let's start from verse 1. Okay. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save or accept Jesus Christ and him, crucified. If you could switch it to the uh, King James I mean new King James that would be really great. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Alright. Continue. Are we going back? Move to verse number three. technical uh issues operator okay um can somebody open first Corinthians 2 and we are going to take it from verse 3 down we are going to go all the way to verse number seven and if you can read it for us that would be great We said last week how paul went to corinth after he left athens okay so read it for us if you have ready starting from verse 3 first corinthians chapter 2 verse 3 to verse 7 can we get him a microphone so that it will go into the recording Amen. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3 to 7. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Hold on. So that verse reveals to us that man's wisdom can be enticing. Amen. Amen. The whole... Western civilization is kind of dwells on, it dwells on uh, man's wisdom, which is enticing. But the influence of Christianity kind of brought an enlightenment from, from God. So you realize that before the advent of Christ, we will continue in a moment, before the advent of Christ, the ancient Greek philosophers and their thinking is what was it was the elitist way of how they lived their life that society seemed to be patterned on the wisdom of man hallelujah and then when Christ came and the kingdom was preached gradually from Jerusalem to Antioch moving westward the gospel reached Rome and eventually Christianity became the, the way of life for most of Western Europe is that not so? And the Christian influence is still evident till today. Because even the laws of Western Europe, uh, the, a lot of the laws are based on the Bible. Did you know that? Laws of equity. How the book of Deuteronomy, Leviticus, you know, the instructions that if you see your your, your neighbor's um, goat straying, in the same way that you want to, somebody to save your goat, you save the person's goat that all those laws influenced the the laws of western europe hallelujah but then then came the dark ages and after that many years after that you had the reformation the reformation well before the reformation um what do you call it uh, uh, um there was a period where the, the church and the state were battling for who was in control And people were afraid that the the church, quote-unquote, had twisted some of the word of God. And so there was a period of the reformers, do you get it? Where people were trying to translate the Bible into English or the local languages. And the church opposed it in many instances. Some of them were bent at the stake. So by the time you got to Martin Luther, which is actually, um, well, 20... I think 2017 was 500 years, so it's like 510 years now. The church saw a great revolution, where there was a return to faith as the means to pleasing God, and a return to faith as the means of assurance of salvation. Hallelujah! But unfortunately, not long after the Reformation was what they call the Age of Reason or the Enlightenment, brought about by the resurgence of the um the great learning what what did they call the renaissance okay the renaissance and the resurgence of the learning so there was a return there was an abandonment there was an abandonment of the scriptures and the the teachings that the church had the influence the church had had over western europe for for millennia for 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 so many centuries they abandoned it and went back to the ancient way of using the mind amen and then they began to it was also it was also around the time there was a great advancement in science and knowledge and technology so therefore people felt that okay we don't even need the church we don't even need god we can now make a lot of great strides in our, our civilization and so and so that thing happened many people don't also didn't know that people like newton and einstein they actually believed in god amen but of course you also had unbelievers god is not limited to you to, to choose who he wants to bring knowledge to that will benefit the whole mankind. If God can choose a donkey to speak to somebody, He can choose an unbeliever also. Hallelujah! But you see, we are not supposed to become so proud. We are not supposed to become so um, arrogant and complacent and self-confident in our own ability, thinking that because we can do something, we don't need God or God doesn't exist. So, with the enlightenment and the and the um, Renaissance and the resurgence of uh, of of that ancient De- Dependent on their might then they began to suppress the word of God hallelujah and so this what we are talking about that um, the persuasive was a human wisdom that, that same thinking is what prevails today it, 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 it has continued to the modern era whereby th- we are actually living in, in in a world that is predominantly controlled by ancient Greek and Roman culture hallelujah and so don't be deceived, it's not everything we see out there that is of God or or, 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 of, or or godly. We have nothing against good things that these people have invented that we are all benefiting from, but then people forget that the underneath that all wisdom is actually from God. Hallelujah. And he just administers it in a way and a time how he wants who he chooses to use to bring something to benefit mankind. All right. So Paul, who was also learned. He was telling them that there is a wisdom from God, and there is also the persuasive wisdom of the world. Now we live in this era that we should not, and especially those of us in the in the advanced world, you know, where there are solutions for everything. That's why sometimes when we go travel back home to Ghana, and people people are surprised that you are living abroad and you are you are going to church and you are actually a pastor, because the the notion is that. The people who have advanced so much economically and technologically, they, they, most of them don't believe in God anymore. Yeah. And so I actually um, admire you that you are here yes. on a Tuesday evening yes. listening to preaching on a cold Tuesday evening. Yeah. Amen. Because the thing they say starts tonight. Yeah. all the way to whenever. But you see, what I'm saying is that the faith that we have, we need to plunge ourselves in deeply and deeper yes. and deeper. Hallelujah! Okay, let's go. Let's move on now, because this kind of commentary—if I don't stop myself—I'll forget my message I was going to preach. It's something deep within me, and and you and I need to be on a. We, we have to be jealous. Like Paul said, I am jealous for God with a godly jealousy. Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the what? In the power of God. Continue to verse seven. Says, howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So instead, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom. So you see, the book is entitled Victory Secrets. A secret is something that is hidden. That is not known to everybody. Hallelujah. And so I urge every one of us that the fast is over, but the book that you bought is still relevant for your life. And it's relevant for your life, not just this month, but for the rest of the year and the rest of your life. Because there are many revelations that will benefit you if you would take the time, read it, and meditate on it. Because there are certain hidden Secrets that are good for us. And we learned that we learned that some of these victory secrets are actually necessary for, it's a matter of life and death. Is that not so? So we mentioned uh, point number one. Life and death depend on your discovery of the secrets of God. Hallelujah. That is where we learned about Daniel and his friends. How the secret to Nebuchadnezzar's dream was necessary for their survival. Then we, last week, we learned about Cyrus, the prophecy about Saros. So the point was that your prosperity depends on your discovery of the secret of God. Isaiah 45, verse 1 to 3. Hallelujah. There are certain things that God can reveal to you that that can catapult you into great prosperity. I had a story of somebody who had not gone to engineering school. But in his dream, he, he, he saw God reveal to him how to fix an oil rig. The thing that they used to go and drill in the sea and he made a lot of money, hallelujah. Another man of God, he was an electrician and he had a lot of very complex electrical problems. He was known in the area, people would always come for him. And he said somehow he would fiddle with it and then he would get an answer. And then one day, trying to remember his name, then one day somebody from another state, they had a factory, they had a machine that nobody could resolve the, the issue. And somebody said that this guy, at that time he was not a full-time preacher, he was a lay preacher. This guy who seems to be like a pastor of some sort, he also has an electrical business and he seems to be able to s- resolve the most difficult issues. So they brought him. He said this one was so hard he couldn't solve it. He said he spent the whole day he could not solve it. He went home and I think that he called the wife, the wife said, Well, just tell them the truth that it is God's grace and God's wisdom. And if God doesn't give you the wisdom, you really wouldn't know how to what to do. And so, but he felt he was confident he was go- going to be able to do. He still couldn't do it. So he had to tell them that I, I mean I give up. So he went, he left. But in the night, I think he had a dream. And in the middle of the night, he says he, th- there is something called a divine knowing, and the divine knowing it is not, it is not often. It's not like a logical step by step something. It's all of a sudden you seem to know something. And so when he woke up, when he woke up, he found that if he doesn't go and do that thing right away, that thing will vanish. And so it was night. And they was. why are you going? He took his jacket and he just drove off. Do you get it? And I think they had, give, they had given him the keys to the place. So it was not even done. He went and he solved the thing. And the people came and said, how did you solve it? He said, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's my divine knowledge. I cannot tell you how I did about it. So I'm talking about there are some things that God can give you. is the hidden wisdom that can prosper you. Dr. Ushu, you know of Dr. Usu, the um, Ghanaian um, uh, scientist who holds so many patents, including one of the original patents to probiotics, amen. He said he was working, I think he was working at Bell Labs, and they had a problem they had been trying to solve for two to three years, and they couldn't solve it. You know, this is the technology that was going to catapult the internet with the movement transfer of data and, and, and voice across long distances. So he said he took a video of the thing. Do you get it? And he took it home and he was playing it back and forth. And then at the splinter of a moment, an idea came to him. We are talking about how God can give you an idea that can change your economic state overnight. Hallelujah. All right. so, So why are we talking about this? So that it will be among the things that you pray to God for. Amen. Because... Like I said the other day, you wouldn't go to, you will not go to an apple store at Easton, the one near Nordstrom. You wouldn't go there looking for tomatoes. <laughs> they don't sell tomatoes there. But you can go there and say, you know, I hear there's an apple store. I'm looking for an apple fruit to eat. They may, then they will explain to you the apple you heard of is not the fruit we eat. It's a, it's a, it's a device. That one you will not be too far off. But if you go there looking for tomatoes, it's like but if you know that they sell apple material and you go there, it will be totally in order. So if you know God, this, this is among the things God does. Then when you are praying, it will be among the things you ask for. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I believe last week we touched also on the secret of God is what? Giving to the righteous and to his prophets. We talked about that one too last week. Is that not so? The secret of God is giving to the righteous and to his prophets. Okay, so let's move on to number four. The secret of God is given at special seasons of your life. Let's look at Job chapter 29 and verse 1. The secret of God is given at special seasons of your life. In other words, sometimes the times that God will bring a revelation to you, it may not be uniform every day and so you need to pay attention to times that god may be drawing you near to tell you some secrets so when you read the account what is job saying job further continued his discourse and said oh that i were at as in man's past as in the days when god watched watched over me you see when job was making this speech he was in a predicament it was a season where Job had come under attack. Hallelujah. And he was talking to his friends and he's reminiscing. He's remembering. He's remembering times that God visited him. As a Christian, you need to watch. That is why fasting is very important. That's why praying is very important. Because when you grow spiritually, you can sense that God is drawing you near. Hallelujah. Like, like, um, What's his name? rejoiner Here is a man, God can appear to him in a vision or in a dream. And he, the God will be downloading some powerful things to him. And then he said that at a point, it gets so intense that he's scared that the glory might kill him. That is how he wrote the final question. Some of these other, it came in such form. And so he would tell the Lord, I beg you, can you withdraw? I need to, I need to take a break. Amen. Now, it's a very risky thing. I mean, God has an important message for you. You are telling God to. What if he doesn't come back? But do you know, because he has trained himself and his senses, sometimes he said he will be with people. He will be somewhere. And then all of a sudden, there is a divine knowing that God is about to speak to him again. So he would excuse himself. He would go to a hotel or he would go to his retreat place at... Um, uh, somewhere in uh, South Carolina, I forgotten the place, the um, Moravian Falls, which is one of the places that, you know, I hear, if you make the mistake, you see an angel because because of the ancient history of the Moravians. I'll tell you that another day. But he will say that he will go, he, he has a sense that God is about to continue. And then he'll go and he'll go and sit in this chair and he said, say, thank you, Lord. The, and, then, and then the dream continues from where it left off <laughs> the last time. Or the vision continues i mean this is very powerful hallelujah and and so and so when you grow it is a little bit like when you know somebody you even know how they smell when they are passing by you can smell it and so you and i need to grow spiritually so that so that we will be able to notice times and seasons that god may be dealing with us in a special way because when you know that when you know that you will not that is not the time you're going hunting with your friends you know that God is about to speak to you. And so look at what he's saying. That I wish I was in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head. There are particular moments that the lamp of God, which is the light of God, the spirit of revelation will come and shine over you. It's not every day there are some particular days that God will come. And if you are conscious of that, you'll be expecting it. And when it's coming, you will notice it. It comes by training yourself. So Job is describing a period in the past when he had these encounters. And when by his light I walked through darkness. Just as I I was in the days of my prime. When the friendly counsel of God was over my tent. The friendly counsel of God was over my tent. When the Almighty was yet with me when my children were around me, when my steps were bathed in w- with cream, and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. Hallelujah. He's talking about the days of his prime. Hallelujah. Sometimes, even as believers, sometimes you can look back when there were days that you heard God more than today. Hallelujah. That there were days that you, you, you could... I remember when I was at the University of Ghana, sometimes I would um, step out of the car... On that road going to Medina, and I'm going to campus, and as I'm, you know, as you leave the the place, you cross uh, before they did the overhead. At that time, you used to cross like that. Th- there's a bunch of f- food sellers that used to be there, you know, and it's, it, it 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 was it was something special that I remember. That often I will be going, and then and then I have a witness. I know that. Brother Samuel is coming around the corner. It's like, I know. And I turn, and then Brother Samuel is right there. Do you get it? Yeah. Now, you need to watch for these things. Because there are special seasons that God may be visiting and telling you something. Hallelujah. And, 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 and there are people like Papa Hagen who had special visitations of God. Let me see whether we know of the season. That there was a, I think it was an eight-year period hallelujah and the Lord Jesus from 19 yeah 1950 to 1958 he has special visitations of the Lord Jesus Christ between these years hallelujah he described how the Lord did not appear to him in that way anymore from 1958 and then the Lord told him that from now on you have to relate with me like everybody else okay but he's written a book called I believe in visions try and buy that book it's very cheap. probably $10 or less from Amazon. I've bought that book about two or three times because it keeps getting lost and I keep buying. I believe in visions. He recounts his visions and a lot of these visions were during the season that Jesus was appearing to him. Maybe Jesus would appear to you or maybe he wouldn't. Maybe for for somebody, it may be prophetic dreams. Hallelujah. And what I'm saying is that respect those times because it may not be that you are going to have it all the time. Amen. Amen. And then one way you show respect for the spirit of revelation and these things happening is that you need to write it down. If, if I come to church and I'm preaching and I see you are taking notes, it gives me a message that you are considering my words important. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So if God is giving you a revelation... And I have that, that had some very powerful dreams that in the middle of the night, says Sophia, I was too tired to get my notebook and write it down. Do you get it? And I say that tomorrow morning I'll write it down. But the next morning, a lot of the dream is gone. I only remember a small part. So I decided that when I'm going to bed, I have my journal at the head of my bed. So that if a powerful dream comes, I'll write it down. Hallelujah. Now what we are what we are saying is that the secret of God can come to you anytime and it is sovereignly is divinely inspired. Hallelujah. But sometimes you can have a season. I personally can look at my 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 dream and vision journal. There's is, there's is certain specific years that God spoke certain things to me more than any other year. Hallelujah. And so I tend to go back Recently, I've actually found one of those journals, and I've put it in my work bag. It's with always with me. Do you get it? Now, when you do these things, more will come. Yes. Because, because sometimes, some of those things doesn't make sense at the time you get a revelation. But then, many years later, some of them will begin to make sense. Because some of those revelations are meant to guide you on a course for your life. Hallelujah. The secret of God is given at special seasons of your life and you need to pay attention and you need to give God the honor for it. It is important to discover secrets as a young person. When you are young, your whole life is ahead of you. You have a good chance of implementing the secrets and revelations that God shows you. Bishop said he discovered Matthew 6:33 when he was in school. Amen. Okay. Next point Prayer is the key to discovering important secrets of God. Now, the Bible says we should pray with all manner of prayer. So I say prayer is the key. Hallelujah. And I, I, I'm just going to, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But But before that, the account of Daniel, when they came to a wall or they came to a junction that if God doesn't move, we are going to lose our head. Amen. The Bible said, Daniel and his friends, they besought the message of God. In Daniel chapter 2 from verse 17 to 23, Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth he knoweth what, what it is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers. Who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desire of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's secret. When Daniel and his team needed to know certain secrets, they prayed about it. Hallelujah. So now, the picture I wanted us to get from First Corinthians 14 is that he begins to talk about praying in tongues. Okay? Bishop talked a lot about how we shouldn't make only monologue prayers. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the secret of God coming to us in prayer. But the way we have been praying, it doesn't appear that we are waiting to know any secrets. Because the gift, the, 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 the spirit uh, of God coming upon us with the evidence of speaking in tongues is a real biblical, um, what do you call it? Gift. But then, it is not supposed to end there with the praying in tongues. Hallelujah. So it says, "...pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy." Continue. "...for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however in the Spirit he speaks mysteries." Stop there for a moment. So this chapter tells us different types of tongues for different purposes. This particular verse is speaking about tongues that you are speaking mysteries unto God. It is not meant to give a message for your hearers. But you are praying a prayer that only God understands. You see, when you pray in tongues, this type of tongues where you are speaking mysteries, it is the type of prayer that Satan doesn't understand what you are saying. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's like you and God are having two men. You understand two men. Yes. You and God are having a secret conversation which the Spirit of God. Translates to in the spirit realm, and it is a prayer that confuses the devil. Hallelujah! So, it is a legitimate prayer, make no mistake. Praying in tongues in in the language of tongues is a it said that you are speaking not unto men, bring that scripture back up again. You are speaking not unto men but unto God, but the scripture does not end there. Hallelujah! So, we shouldn't make all our prayer be tongues and speaking mysteries to God. This is a big part of it, but not that's not the only prayer. Next verse. But he who prophesies, edifies, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So he's talking about prophecy or speaking under divine inspiration. In this chapter, the apostle is trying to draw a difference between giving a prophetic utterance versus speaking in tongues. And he's saying that prophesying or giving a prophetic utterance is better than prophesying. Not better in terms of you, for you, but for the purpose of the church. The church is not going to benefit if you stand here and speak in tongues all day. Amen. Amen. Because they don't understand what you are saying. Yeah. So now keep going. But he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Stop there. So we talk about tongues being a good thing. One you are speaking in mysteries unto God, God understands. You are confusing the devil. So that's a good thing. Hallelujah. Number two, when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. Edify means to build up. You are building up your spirit when you pray in tongues. So we are by no means saying praying in tongues is about thing. You are speaking messages unto God. You are edifying yourself. You are strengthening your spirit man. In the same way that somebody who builds that bodily exercise, uh, you know, builds up their body. When you pray in tongues, you are building up your spirit man. Hallelujah. That's the second benefit of praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Continue. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Unless, indeed, he interprets the thing, that the church may receive edification. So what he is saying is that if you want to benefit the church, then speak under divine inspiration or prophesy. Okay? But if you you are not prophesying and you are speaking in tongues, then pray that you want, you can interpret it. So, therefore, it means that speaking in tongues, giving a message in tongues without interpreting it is of no use to the church. You are edifying yourself, but the church is not benefiting. The person that is giving an inspired message is benefiting the church. However, if somebody gives a message in tongues, but then they can also interpret it, then the tongues message plus interpretation is equal to prophecy. Hallelujah. Now, how about you are by yourself in your house? It is not the whole church. And you are praying in tongues for a long time. Is it still beneficial that you can interpret the tongues? Yes, and that is where I'm going to end. That we are talking about what? Prayer is the key to discovering important secrets of God. One of the ways to discover a secret that God wants to tell you is when you pray in tongues, pray that you can understand the tongues that you are praying. Because the tongues you are praying may be a secret about your life, a secret about your family, a secret about your church, a secret about your future, about your ministry, about people close to you so that every christian must pray in tongues paul said that i wish all of you pray in tongues but i rather wish that you prophesy sometimes you can prophesy unto your own self hallelujah but how can you prophesy to your own self if you're only speaking in tongues? you don't know what you're saying so therefore we must be on a quest to pray for the gift of interpretation of tongues so it's not just that you will interpret it in church for the church to benefit but for your own your ability to understand some of your prayers Maybe not all your prayers in tongues will be understood. But sometimes when you are praying in tongues under the inspiration of the Spirit, you pray up to a level where even your tongues has changed. The, 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 the tempo and the vocabulary has changed. And sometimes in the midst of that, there is a mystery that God wants revealed reveal to you. But unless you have the ability to interpret, it will just be mysteries unto God. Hallelujah. So from now on, one of, understand that one of the means by which God will reveal a secret to you is that you need to understand your tongues and you need to ask God what does it begin to pray the Lord what does this mean and it is also by faith hallelujah we grow in the spirit by faith how does a little child know when they start working that they can walk from here to here only by trying they will slip and they will get up they will slip and they will get up so also this gift of the spirit it is by faith the same way you received the gift of speaking in tongues, it was by faith. So interpretation of tongues is also by faith. You pray, What does that mean? Then you are quiet. Lord, what does it mean? Then a thought will come to your head. Tomorrow, when you are going to work, don't pass by Morse Road. Take Cleveland Avenue. Well, first ask yourself, you were not thinking about Morse Road. You are not thinking about Cleveland Avenue. How can such a thought come to your head? Other than that, in, it was an answer to the prayer you prayed. Hallelujah. Yes. But if you've been eating pizza that evening, and you ask the Lord, what does this thing mean? Then you get the interpretation, to, tomorrow, Pizza Hut is doing, what do you call it? <laughs> four boxes for $5. Dollars. That's the interpretation. I beg to differ. It's not an interpretation of the tongue. It's the piece that you have heard. It's a piece of interpretation. So train yourself gradually and you will grow in your ability to understand your tongues. And you begin to see. And you, you test it. You hear an interpretation. You test it. I have tested it. Have, you, it's real. And God will begin to talk to you. You'll be surprised. That God can tell you. Because Jesus said that when he, does, he that is the spirit of truth is come, he will tell you that which is to come. It's not only in the end time what is to come back. In your own life, what is to come? Pray about it. Rise up to your feet. Let's take out an offering and bring it to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for Victory Secrets. Thank you that you are real and you really desire fellowship with us. I pray that you help us to grow in intimacy with you and now will bring to you our offerings. May you receive it as a sweet-smelling offering unto you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.